and welcome to the Massive Attack Podcast, episode 37. Not a Christmas special this time around, thank God, but we are back to our normal, regular podcast. I'm Joe, with me as usual is Mitch. Happy New Year, people. Yes, it is, isn't it? It's 2015, start of another year. I said we never make it. Yeah, I said we shouldn't make it. I think we've used (laughs) this joke before. But yes, we're we're over our Christmas specials. Thank you for everyone. I'm not over it. I loved it. Well, there might be a little bit more of that in a minute, but thanks to everyone that listened to our little 12 daily episodes. I must say, I, it was a little bit of a, a work to do all the editing, but it was a hell of a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. And thank you for coming up with the idea. No worries. All righty. Well, new year, new podcast. Same Let's old formula. Let's get back into it. Yep. Let's talk gaming. Gaming. Christmas is always a very good time for gaming, as both of us have birthdays around the Christmas period as well. I managed to score a couple of games as Christmas presents. One game I knew absolutely nothing about called Sacred 3, and I've been playing quite quite a bit of that because it is a isometrical Diablo two and a half D well it's it's more gauntlet than Diablo it's Diablo light Mm-hmm. And my wife and I have been playing a lot of that and really enjoying it. It's a good couch co-op beat 'em up sort of game. Yep. There is a hell of a lot of sexual innuendo in the voiceovers and stuff. Oh. There's like the character that I'm playing is a big black dude, <laughs> and every time he like powers up, he's like, "Oh, give it to me, baby," and all this sort of stuff. So it's well, the listeners probably don't know you are a big black dude. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> They've seen the photos on the website. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's I've been playing a big black dude. I've been playing a bit of that. On the flip side, I. For my birthday, which is just after Christmas, my kids decided to buy me WWE 2K15 mm-hmm. because I wasn't sure if I wanted it or not. But Do then you love 13? 13's really good. Mm. I didn't bother with 14, but yeah, as I said, 13, I've played probably more than any other game other than Borderlands or Gears. Mm. Like, I really got into that, and I love the whole create a wrestler, create a character, create your own storylines, and I thought, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a hassle starting that again. But thankfully, the bastards at 2K cut all that out of 2K15. Oh. So you can create characters. You can't create your own moves. There is no create your own storyline, all that sort of stuff. It's pretty much just a... It was 2K a new developer for this, or the, the current well, people we did that? Yes. It's all been 2K. It's in line with Yuke's, I think it is. That's a Japanese company that did a lot of the SmackDown games back in the day. And mm. they did a couple of New Japan titles. The main problem is that they created a whole new engine for the Xbox One version of it, which starts up with like a rock paper scissors sort of option there's like a tie-up like you would have in a normal real wrestling match and then you go into the the moves but they haven't put that part in the xbox 360 version it's just exactly the same engine that 2k13's got so in a way i've just gone out and bought a brand new game that's inferior to the game i already had that's two years old the only real difference is it's slightly crisper graphics and a roster update and yeah i'm I'm so you won't be putting the time into it that you did 13 no, like I've I've had it now for probably three four weeks. And I've I've been traded playing... in now before, while it's still got some value. Yeah, maybe I don't know. You're still playing thirteen. It was the same yeah. gameplay, and you got your characters you created with the moves you like. True, I get rid of it. Get rid of it because I can always create the characters that I want in the creator character on the other game. You probably, can you download them? Probably not. Well, you can, I think. I'm not sure if the servers are still up for 13 now. No, okay. Yeah. But it's weird, because I've always tried to avoid getting my kids involved in wrestling, mm-hmm. and I try not to watch wrestling when my kids are around, but just lately I have been playing the wrestling game with the kids around, and they've come to a stage now where they'll be running around and sort of trying to punch each other and going, I'm the big show, I'm tougher than you, and then my four-year-old just absolutely loves gold dust. So anytime you're like, which wrestler do you want to be? He'd be like, I want to be gold dust. So, so you're going to show him WrestleMania, what, 12? Yeah, the backlot brawl. Yeah. Very well. 
<laughs> and I think a lot of that probably comes from me playing so much Supercard with them as well, because now they kind of look at the cards and know who the people are by who the cards are. But anyway, so yeah, um, a bit of wrestling and a bit of uh, Sacred 3 is mine. I also got LEGO Batman 3 for Christmas, so I thought that getting that I probably should try and finish LEGO Batman 2, and I have now completely 100% all the achievements everything for Lego Batman 2 so I've moved on to Lego Batman 3 and it's again that's kind of a little bit of a downstep they're taking a lot of stuff that was in the first Lego Batman game as far as instead of having to find a specific point for changing into say your, your arctic suit or your bat suit you've unlocked the suits and you can just change into any suit on the fly which i think is actually better because mm. it means you don't always have to keep thinking oh i need to be this suit for this amount of time and then try and find somewhere to change you can always change the storyline's pretty good it's brainiacs come down from outer space to try and capture the earth so all of the villains and the, the heroes kind of team up to fight brainiac but i'm only a couple of levels in so far but yeah, that's that's pretty much my gaming. I, I've bought a few things, but I haven't really played them. And as usual, I have been playing a bit more Supercard, but I don't think we need to bore people with that. How because many games do you play? I think I'm about the 9,000 mark now. <laughs> All of my cards are either epic or higher. I've got a couple of legendaries. I don't have any of the new Survivor cards yet, but... I don't think I'm that far away from getting them. But I haven't spent any more money. You'll be quite happy excellent, to know. Excellent, excellent. They did set up a new, uh, what they call a Road to Glory, which is a timed game you get like a bank of five matches you can play and you get extra points for those matches but then after you use them it takes like 15 minutes to build up enough to get your next match and you pay to you can. Click them, that's so yeah they, you get the five games you can play and then you pay and yeah the option is there that if you want to buy a couple of bucks to refill your your match meter you can and you can then buy additional championship matches which give you double the points if you win and what i worked out with the road to glory is there's a category for each of the levels of cards so like to get past the the common card you need to have 15 points to win and you get five points per match so you need to do three matches so that's going to take you at least 45 minutes but i sat down and i did the maths and in the time frame that they give you to play it, so it starts sort of a Thursday lunchtime and finishes on a Sunday, you would not physically have enough time in that you know, three-day weekend to do it, even if you were playing 24 hours a day, waiting for your match to clock over and go, all right, I've got another match available, mm. let's play another game. So you could only ever win the Survivor card if you were willing to pay for extra refills and extra matches. So it, it is a scam, but each to their own, if you want to do it, do it. I haven't actually done that yet, and I, I can't see the point of actually buying higher level card because you just end up being an underpowered higher card and losing all the time because you're up against people that are better than you mm. but anyway yes but that's my gaming what about you mitch i know you mentioned on one of the christmas episodes that you got far cry 4 for christmas no uh, no that was for a birthday okay but um i've actually played it i didn't get any games for christmas this year okay which is good because I, I don't need any more because i i have that many so, well, no, all good. I, I know I've still got some of the games that I got last Christmas in my pile of shame. Well, that's like, yeah. Even oh. two years ago. Because I get looking, oh, what am I going to play next? And I get what I was playing last Christmas, but I finished whatever that was. So, whatever, go back to the last few episodes, you remember what I was playing, that's done. And what I played over the Christmas break, I, I think it was on special, and it was Max Curse of the Brotherhood, which is a downloadable game on the Xbox Live arcade. And it's, I suppose you call it... I would call it Pixar's Limbo. Okay. If you know Limbo, it's a unforgiving torture of a game where you've got this little kid. It's, it's black and white artwork, and essentially you are going through a level, like left to right platformer sort of thing, and you die a lot. And it's all about learning. All right, if I do that, yeah, I die. It's- so next time I'll not do that. And you get a little bit further, and then you die again. So it's all right, next time I have to do that, then that, then that to get to the next bit. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like that, but imagine Pixar doing the art. Uh, 
artwork and animation. Okay. I, I really like Limbo, but I, I haven't tried Max and I, I mean, I Max is probably it. a lot easier from what I can gather. Like, I, I remember when Limbo came out, I never played it. I just saw the demos. And it was sort of like, yeah, that looks interesting, but I never played it. I looked very down. Where this is a bit more happy and lively. Oh, for sure, Limbo is very down. It's like silhouettes, but you can still see, like, the giant spiders and the spike mm. going through your head. And, mm. like, when you drown, you see the little body, like, float to the surface of the Yeah, well, this is there. this story you're Max and you're a kid and you come home and your little brother's been playing with your stuff. So you get angry. So he opens up his laptop, looks for a spell, and banishes him to another realm. Okay. Um, and then you realise that's bad. So he jumps into the realm to save him. And you go in, and it's a left-right platformer with all these puzzle elements to it, basically. And you get a magic marker. And a witch goes into it and gives you powers. So there's bits where if you hold the trigger in... So you move him left and right with the, the joystick. And then if you hold the trigger in, you start. you can control the magic marker. So there's areas that glow. It's obvious where you can use it. Yep. So on the ground you do, and you'll raise a platform from the ground using the magic marker. So okay. you can make it higher as so low. So you, you colour in the screen kind of with the marker and then it turns no, into Oh, kind of. It just drags it up. Sound, it, sounds a little bit like, was it Epic Mickey or is it one of the so, other ones? Something like that where yeah. you create it or destroy it. Yep. And it's very similar in that because you can create these towers or there's branches you can create or vines or water spouts that shoot you. So to get you through the level, you have to use these attributes. There's no way you can do it without and some it's like how do you get through here it's a puzzle element and sometimes you have to create a tower move a vine across it then destroy the tower which will cause the vine to swing and all this and for me this is my sort of game I love the reward element of figuring it out yeah. where I don't like the grindy sort of thing of games like a Diablo or a World of Warcraft or anything like that where Borderlands is the exception <laughs> I know you, you obviously saw me give you that look yes Borderlands is the exception but this it's that reward instant reward mm. Well, that was what was good about Limbo, is the fact that it saved so often that if you did fuck up something, you knew you only had to do, like, two and minutes of gameplay. And that's the good bit of design. The fact that it is a downloadable game, it's on the hard drive, so the loading times are less. And most of the time, your restart is in a reasonable spot. Sometimes it's like, do I have to sit through that animatic again? Because oh, yeah. they're the worst times. But it's not often. There is enough checkpoints that it's okay. okay. So that was really rewarding. I, I really got into that. And the other, so after that, I played another game very different. I got Spec Ops Align, which I think I got from you for my birthday. And there was a lot of talk about this two years ago now when it came out, that it was sort of the thinking man's Call of Duty. Yeah. There's very much a moral dilemma. Mm. And it's Apocalypse Now, the game. Okay. In a way, where you're going through, looking for Kurtz, going, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing in this situation? And it's fine. It's the Unreal Engine, so I like Gears, I like Batman, Arkham City, and all that sort of stuff. So I know the type of game. So you've got the loading screens where someone's talking to you on a walkie-talkie, and you're walking, you can't walk quicker. (laughs) The slow walk section. Yeah, so it's all sort of repeated. it's kind of dirty. I don't know if it's the Unreal Engine or not, but it's the, I mean, well, Gears gets away the, with the it premise, looking dirty and brown. The premise is you're in, what, Saudi Arabia? Or you're or in Dubai and this sandstorms have essentially yeah. destroyed it. So it's meant to be dirty in the same way Gears of War, but it's even dirtier than that. And we're talking it's new. It's newer than Gears of War, yeah. and that still looks, not that I've gone exactly. back for a while, but it just didn't work as well. Like, something about Gears is just such a... I think, a good control system. If you push the joystick one way, it does exactly where you plan it to be. Other games aren't as good. That's why people talk up Mario, saying that if you fuck up, it's your fault. It's not the game badly designed where Echo the Dolphin is. You know, the same period yeah. or something. Sonic was well-designed, Echo wasn't. So there's just little bits where you're trying to run to a corner, there's people shooting at you, and it's like, why am I running into a wall? I'm trying to get to that door. It just, yeah, I'm not a great gamer. But yep. it's also, it just wasn't quite as polished as I was hoping and the, the 
it was overhyped as far as the moral dilemma, this is a thinking man's yep. Call of Duty kind of thing. Yeah. But it was six hours, I was done, I was finished. Okay. It was interesting, but I was not unhappy to see it go, where other games you sort of get to a point where it's like, I don't want this to end. That mm-hmm. was like, yeah, cool, let's move on to something else. Well, I bought it that for you on disc for your birthday, and then it turned up on one of the pre-Christmas countdown to 2015 sales digitally, yeah. and I picked it up for like $5. So maybe I, I should have saved my 5 bucks and just borrowed the disc yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, it's a good shooter for what it is. The guns are fine, okay. but it, it's, if I was to play something again, I'd play Gears again. Would you say it's a, like a, an arcade shooter like Gears, or is it more tactical like your Call of Duties? Oh, it's more like Call of Duty yeah. in that way. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, okay, cool. Scenarios are all right. Mm, well, Settings are okay. Uh, I mean, some of the graphics are really good. Like I was saying, like it's set in Dubai with the sand. Yeah. Like it, Some of the sand effects and that were amazing, okay. Like it, in, as that goes, but physical. Yeah. And so I finished that and I moved on to Far Cry 4 thinking, why not play a game that's actually reasonably new? Exactly. Because so, people go and spend this money on a new game for me and I get around to playing it when it's probably 20 bucks. So yeah. why not actually use it while it's new? So I'm only a few hours in and all I can say is, how is this the same generation console as Perfect Dark? Exactly. Like the graphics in this are amazing. But admittedly, I had to download three and a half gig onto my hard drive to play the game. So I guess that's okay. how they're getting around a lot of it probably processing wise yeah. it's like putting it on the hard drive and crunching the numbers that way but it does look amazing but it, you heard me ra- rave about Far Cry 3 last year so it's more of the same okay. just with even swankier graphic but um, apart from that same and bigger asshole birds I did shoot a bird the other day because someone warned me that eagles are assholes and you've got to shoot them so I saw one and I shot it and it was great and I went to get to skin it and it's fucking huge we're talking like <laughs> eight, 8 feet wingspan by the look of it it's okay. like, oh I felt guilty because in the end it was I skinned it but it was no real value to me it was just something I could trade for eight, eight rupee or something it's like oh yeah because it's set in like the Himalayas or somewhere mm. or India or something isn't it Himalayas Himalayas yeah, yeah. Mm. so that's about it for gaming for Alrighty. me well let, let's jump into TV yep we have been watching a little bit of television probably you more so than me there's been a couple of things that I've been watching mm-hmm. and following on for our little mini-sodes last time, probably the thing that I've watched lately that I've enjoyed most would be the Black Mirror White Christmas Christmas special. Yep. And it's weird because, like, we were fans of Black Mirror back when it came out, and I think now that it is on Netflix in the States, a lot of the podcasts we're listening to are, are suddenly jumping on the Black Mirror bandwagon, and they're going all the way back and, you know, talking about the, the National Anthem episode and, and you know, just the whole premise of it being like a modern day twilight zone and yep. it's kind of like well, you know, we were on that bandwagon two years ago like, listen yes. to us <laughs> but the christmas special featured john ham who mm-hmm. i didn't think i'd seen anything that he'd been in I've, i'm not a madman fan mad men fan but I, I really enjoyed it i think he was a, a really good actor for the role there was enough sort of future tech that's not that far in the future that you can kind of imagine that we could go down that rabbit hole and yeah i really enjoyed it i, I thought it was great i thought it was good the only the kicker at the end and it's like it's a show that kicks you in the guts a few yeah. times and they just sort of did one kick at the end it's like that was too much like it was fine but it's sort of like did you did you have to twist the knife that little bit more it was just a little bit but there's some great things like for, I've only just watched the first episode of season 2 to be honest so I haven't seen two. there's two episodes yeah. of Black Mirror I haven't seen but in the first season the first two sort of were just placeholders until that third episode yeah because that was amazing. And in, in that, it involved technology where you remember everything. You've basically you, got yeah, an implant you can, in your brain. You've got a hard drive in your brain and you can and replay. You access everything that you've done. And it came off with this couple having an argument 
and they were sort of this guy was thinking I think she's cheating on me and he goes back and replays everything going oh this happened then this happened then you said this and they had an argument when yeah. they're going back and saying but you said this and you said this and it's just like I would totally abuse that yeah, and, and it and made me feel uncomfortable because I know because I put myself in the position going I would be an arsehole yeah and, and he was like going back and kind of remembering the vision of him like shagging other girls before he was with his cousin current girlfriend as well and it his was cousin like girlfriend that wouldn't be different to that no, it was english not american <laughs> um yeah so he was going back and sort of apologize all our american listeners and literally <laughs> having a spank bank as you as you were yeah but, um so yeah. that episode was amazing and the idea of that was cool where in the christmas episode and there's a bit of a spoiler here but it's got an overarching story with three sort of stories in the middle yeah and one of the stories in and it's again you're playing with technology where you've got a interface on your eye yeah so you can access the internet essentially on your eye yep. but the only there's a downside to it when sort of like someone can block you yeah like on on facebook you're or blocked or twitter, or twitter. Exactly. yeah but the thing is when you're blocked i look at you and you block me all i see is pixels I can't actually see you anymore and I can't hear you. Your sound goes muffled and that, and it's sort of like, oh, that's nasty. Yeah. And just this thing. And it played out in a way that they use that blocking for in the story, exactly. but it's just like, it's a conceit. That's really cool. And that's what I love about the show when they come up with those sort of ideas. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed Black Mirror again. So I should go back and watch. So episode. what was the first episode of the second series? Is that the white bear? No, I you're looking at me blankly again. I cannot yeah. remember. I, I can't remember. I've got which a ten month old. I didn't sleep much. Yeah, I, I can't remember which ones are which because I watched pretty much the mm. first two seasons back to back. Yeah, I, it yeah. didn't blow me away. I, I okay. can tell you now. It's, it's, well, yeah. Well, speaking of Charlie Brooker and not blowing us away, we watched his 2014 yearly wipe, and unfortunately, I didn't think it was quite as good as other years. Maybe there just wasn't as much exciting stuff happened in 2014. It was so sad and depressing. It was hard to and find the fun. There was a few bits that I kind of enjoyed. Your, your typical bits with Barry shit peas were good, but I don't think there was enough of them, and I think they were a bit too serious. But I, I kind of had an issue, and my wife sort of had this issue as well because she was watching it with us, and she laughed at a few bits, and then she got to the point where she just had to leave the room because she couldn't face the fact that Charlie himself was very much a, I can't believe the media is doing this and hyping people up, but yet he was doing exactly the same thing. In yeah, a way. I, mean, yeah. I mean, he's pointing out the absurdity of it all. Yeah. He's and he's not using. It's like the Daily Show in a way. It's like yes, I'm using sensationalism so you'll take notice. Yeah. In the same way that Fox News does it, but he's trying to paint the picture where Fox News is being biased. They're both being biased. They just have different yeah. points. So I mean, I think that's what he does. Yeah, I think Charlie Brooker is very clever at what he does, but you have to like Charlie. If you Brooker's don't agree, sense it's like if you're a right wing person, you're not going to watch John Stewart. Yeah, you can't. You just—it's not your politics, so you're not going to. You can sit there and go, oh, "I appreciate what you did there, but I don't agree with you." Exactly. It's—it's it's easy to be left wing and like left wing com- comedy. Yeah. So, it, so you are going to your bias is already set before you watch it. You can't turn that off. And I think that is the the problem with a lot of political based humor. A lot of people like um, Sean McAuliffe here in Australia, but he is very political in what he does, even though you wouldn't really think of him as being a political humorist. Mm. But you have to have that same sort of political mindset to enjoy him. Same as, like, This Week Tonight or Last Week Tonight, whatever that show is with John Oliver. Yep. That's that's quite political, but then he's very much talking about the overarching politics of it all, not taking sides with the yep. politics. And in a way, I kind of think that's a little bit cleverer than Charlie Brooker. I don't, I don't know if they've just got more writers working on it, so they can... Oh, they, it definitely they would can, have more writers. I mean, I know shows like Conan O'Brien 
has 12 yeah, exactly. Harvard graduates Massive writing team. for it. Yeah. You know, and we're talking not just comedy writers. We're talking Harvard graduates writers. Yeah. Where I know... So, that's why McAuliffe, I think, is an amazing show. Because there's probably a core of five or six writers on that. Yeah. I, I'm speculating here. It could be more. But it would not be anywhere near the core that The Daily Show has. Yeah, exactly. And yet they produce, I think, a equally in quality show. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, other than that, I haven't really been watching a lot of TV. We're in that sort of lull period especially here in Australia where there's the new shows haven't started yet and they're not really well, showing Well, well to you maybe. But you've got Foxtel, so you don't have an off ratings period. No. In exactly. Australia, I don't know if we have any listeners overseas, but during the Christmas break, because it is summer down here, they the off ratings period means all the big shows go off on hiatus and we get replays of a lot of shows and syndication because they expect people to be out doing sporting events and being out having barbecues and not watching TV and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. We used to get a lot of sitcoms Charles in Charge. Charles, I was going to say Charles in Charge, but that's not the right one. But anyway, um, a lot of sitcoms that just fill the airways at the moment. You And we've got extra digital channels now. Yeah. If you want to watch Big Bang Theory, pretty much, if you flick through the channels, you'll, you'll find, find it. You'll find it somewhere, exactly. Yeah, which I like Big Bang Theory, and I do find when I'm in a tired stupor, I'll just flick through and, oh, that'll do, and I'll just watch it. Even though I've seen it before, I can watch it again. But something they have been showing is a lot of reality shows like Border Patrol or Motorway or The Force, which is people following cops around and, or um, immigration and, yep. and from all over the world and just drunken dickheads or people being arrested. And I can't get enough of it. Like, I love the off-writing period because all these sort of shows that are obscure that sort of get to the push of the forefront, it's like, yeah, I can watch this. It means I'm getting nothing done with my life because I'm watching crap TV. Yeah, but and, and I tend I'm to agree it. because most of the stuff I've been watching at the moment is reality. Like, I've got back into the second season of Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge mm-hmm. and even though they've slightly changed some of the obstacles it's exactly the same as last season so it's just you know muscled up dudes or buff looking chicks taking on each other and then for the chance to go through an obstacle course at the end and I don't know it's not the greatest television ever but because it's Steve Austin and he just has that charisma in a way with the way he says things it makes it exciting to watch okay and another reality show that we've my wife and I have been watching quite a bit of is Shipping Wars, because we gave up on the whole Storage Wars, Storage Hunters, all that sort of stuff, because we realised that it was just an absolute work. There was no way they could just blindly open a shipping container or a storage locker and realise that this $10,000 mink vase was in it or something like that. But the idea of Shipping Wars is it's independent transporters, like independent contract truck drivers, that sort of stuff, bidding to take certain cargo from somewhere to somewhere else in America. And even though I think some of it is probably a work, it's all it's got to be a work. But it's all about the the fact that these shippers aren't very good, and things get broken, and things get lost, and they're not your average stuff that they're shipping. The you know vintage cars or you know two thousand pound dollhouse or something like that. So it's just that interesting sort of side of things. And and again, it's all about the characters. There's like one of the drivers is just an absolute ass. He treats everyone like shit. But yet he gets the deliveries done on time, so he always gets fantastic feedback because he's done his job, even though he's done it in a bad attitude of a way. But yeah, that, that's pretty much all I've been watching on TV. You should I'm, watch a movie, Hell Drivers. I probably should. I, I heard you mention that on, I think probably a year ago. You mentioned that that was like drivers. Young Sean Connery, yes. very young. Yes. And what were they doing? Nitroglycerin across bumpy desert. Oh no, 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 that was um, Wages of Fear. Oh, okay, Hell I'm Drivers is an English movie, probably. F- Early early sixties, young Sean Connery, oh, okay, and Patrick McGowan, and he's the asshole bus driver, and they're running shifts, they're logging um, coal or something from a 
some sort of factory quarry. Yep. Back and forth. And the more runs they do, the more they get paid. Okay. And so it's ice road truckers. I guess so. <laughs> but um Patch McGowan is a fucking nutbar. Like he's awesomely crazy and oh, okay. people just like get out of his way if he's coming through and he takes the dangerous roads and pushes the truck to the limit and all this sort of Sounds stuff. Sounds good. Yeah, it's really it's funky. It's funky. Hmm. But anyway. So my TV. Yes. Now we've got Netflix. You do. So the new big show for Netflix over the Christmas period, because they released the whole series in one go, is Marco Polo, which was touted as the second highest budgeted um, TV show since Game of Thrones. Okay. Like so many million dollars per episode yep. and all this sort of stuff. And it's obviously Marco Polo. Going so it's to- about a group of kids around a pool with one of them yelling Marco and the other one's yelling Polo? I know. You think it wouldn't be good, but it isn't. No, it's the Marco Polo, the Italian explorer or whatever he was going to mongol and talking to the khan okay and it's just not that good it's obviously inspired by um game of thrones because there's a lot of female nudity unnecessarily female nudity what do they call it in game of thrones sex position position. and they sort of do a bit of that and it's interesting like i don't really know the marco polo story so i'm like okay i'll sort of do it but we've watched three episodes so far and we've found other things to watch Okay. So it just does not become a must-watch show. So we may never get back to it, I'm saying now. That- and I, I think that's the problem with the whole idea of Netflix, that you can watch a whole series in one day if you want to. You don't have that must-watch TV and you don't have that anticipation of you know cliffhanger at the end of the episode and having to wait till next Monday to watch it. So mm-hmm. that you can just power through everything. And I, I think it loses a little bit of its appeal. Some I, I are good, some are bad. You watch House of Lies, House of Cards? I, I watched the first season and I was very keen for the second season, but yet I still haven't done it. Mm. But, yeah. Everything's so attainable to us. Um, another show I watched was... Marvel's Agent Carter, which is set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's set in the 40s, so it's just after World War II, but it's with the Agent Carter character from Captain America, the first Avenger. Okay. And it's not a mid-season replacement. This is where it's clever and well-used. It's Marvel... Sorry, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is over for the time being, so it's a, a mid-season break. So there's an eight-episode season of Agent Carter that goes in the middle. That's a good idea. And that's perfect. It's, it's expensive, so it looks great. Like, it's set in 1940s, and it looks fantastic. It's been great. Three episodes in so far, it's fantastic. And eight episodes is perfect. You don't have to fill it with padding to go, oh, we need 22 episodes to make this work. No, America's finally getting on the bad way and getting commercial TV. Yeah. Network TV, sorry. It's finally going, oh, we don't have to have 22. Because it's all about syndication. So you get to that magical 72-episode mark, and then you can syndicate things. It's all about adding to each other's shows. So this is adding to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's adding to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. It's all adding to each other, and it's like, perfect. So they'll probably make their money in selling the DVDs, because it's like, if you've got all the Marvel movies there, it's like, oh, this fits nicely in between Captain America and Captain America Winter Soldier. It's like, so you'll make your money there as opposed to watching your TV. So really enjoying it so far. It's a great show. Well, that's great. And one other show that's probably why we haven't got back to Marco Polo is caught up with a friend recently and she's like was talking about Veronica Mars it's like still haven't really watched it it's like we caught episodes here and there when it was on telly but we never saw the greater story arc because yeah. it was a it was an episodic show with one case to be solved every show but there was a overarching season long story arc yeah I've, I've never really got into it and I don't know why because I like Kristen Bell I think she's a very good actress she's and amazing. she's cute too which helps very very damn cute and I think it came sort of at the, the same sort of time Buffy ended and a lot of people 2004 so I'm... yeah I know there was a lot of people that were Buffy fans that kind of jumped 
jumped onto Veronica Mars, but for some reason I never made that jump. Well, back then there was no downloading as prolific here. Yeah. And it was all dial-up, so it was 2004, so it was on TV, but it was like typical Australia. If it doesn't get an audience in the first week, it gets pushed to 10.30. I remember watching it because it was on like 11.30 on a Friday night, so we get home from drinks or something like that, maybe catch an episode. So we never got into the, the, the meta arc. So... She put it on. I watched his first episode going, this is really good. Can I borrow the DVD? I'm going to watch it with my wife. So we've churned through in a week and a half, four discs worth. Okay. Like it's like one more episode. And it's like, I'm tired, but yeah, all right, one more. And it's just really, really good. I'm going to compare it to Twin Peaks. It's not like Twin Peaks, but it kind of is. Yep. Like you wouldn't have this without Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. The creator's Rob Thomas. Now I like to make From jokes. Matchbox 20. Exactly. I like to make that joke, but no, not that guy. And it's just so good. Like, I like Smallville. I've talked about that in the past. One of the best characters in Smallville was Chloe. Chloe, Veronica Mars, is a better version of Chloe. Okay. Like, she's the investigative person with all the snide remarks, and she's clever and witty and all these sort of things. And damn cute. And 90s fashion... No... Early 2000s fashion. I was talking to, I think, friend of the show, Joel, talking about fashion and time and what can you say is a distinctive 2000s look. And I said, there is no 80s fashion. I can't pick it. I'm watching Veronica Mars. There is 2000s fashion. You can look at it now going, yep, that is so 2000s. Is it leggings and big cardigans and silly hats? No, that's Jamiroquai. Okay. <laughs> You'll see. If you ever saw it, you'll go, right. yeah, that is, that is so nice. And I love it. I've got to say, I've got a, fashion, I've got a favorite fashion time. But it's Kristen Bell wearing it too, which makes it which, a yeah, bit better. Makes it a bit easier. I mean, there are new rock boots involved in the show and you can just tell it's that's 2000s but yeah just the, the writing's so good okay. and you're looking at the direction going it's it's a modern noir if you want to look at it that way it, it's LA Confidential it's it, the Dahlia Black Dahlia and all this sort of stuff it, it, they're, they're influenced by the noir stories like the classic Hollywood detective sort of stuff and there's a bit of Twin Peaks in there you can sort of just see it's all this what's going on behind the okay. facade in, yeah and like I said, she's fantastic. Her dad is great. Um, Harry Hamlin looks fantastic. Lisa Renner looks weird. Paris Hilton was married, in an episode. And they married Lisa Hamlin. Uh, Lisa. I think Renner so. and, and, and in the show as well. There you go. Paris Hilton. I've got to warn you. Paris Hilton's in episode two. I wasn't warned. I wasn't ready, but but she's in there, so just be warned. Yeah, I know I'm like eleven years late to the party, but I, I'm getting into that. But that's enough TV. Okay. Have you had any trips to the movies? None. All right. I'll mention a couple of movies. I've watched Guardians of the Galaxy again with my kids because I decided that we should give it a go and see if they liked it. And my son, seven-year-old, has now watched it twice and really loves it. Excellent. My little four-year-old was a little bit taken aback with... Groot's over-violence? Well, no, he liked Groot. He, he enjoyed Groot. But the just the big battle at the end when they grab the Infinity Stone yep. and there's all that happens, he was a bit sort of, I don't want to see this anymore, so he gave up. But my yeah, my seven-year-old loves it. He really loves Rocket yep. and he really loves Groot. So I think that's that's the right thing. Uh, a little bit of an update speaking of movies that kids should watch both of them have now watched all three of the original trilogy of Star Wars yeah thanks to their grandma surreptitiously having it on in the background just so they would walk in and go oh what are you watching let's sit down so over the course of the school holidays over three days they watched New Hope Empire and Return of the Jedi Mm -hmm. and I think their favourite was Empire but not for the same reasons as everyone else they just really love the Hoth battle Mm, and, pretty cool. and they like Yoda. Mm. They weren't that keen on the Ewoks, no. which I thought they would be, but they liked Jabba the Hutt. But anyway, so yes, they've seen the three Star Wars movies. It's now, do we watch the prequels? Sure. I think they should because they've, they've watched the all... Game well, they've played the game. They've watched the cartoons. They know Jar Jar Binks. They know Darth Maul. So they should probably And they're young enough to enjoy it. We're, we're too old to enjoy it. Exactly. They're young enough to have, get... Oh, enjoy the shiznit out of it. And yeah, and that way we can have them up to date for when Force Awakens comes out later in the year. Yeah. 
And one other thing I will say, I've had a trip to the cinema and I saw Big Hero 6 with the whole family. And? Loved it. Okay, cool. I, I saw the ads and I thought I was going to like it. And seeing the actual movie, there's a little bit of a different story that they don't show in the ads, but it's quite a long movie. It's almost two hours. I think it runs for 108 minutes or something like that. But even my four-year-old was riveted to it for the whole time. Cool. There was literal laugh out loud moments in it. My wife and I were just sitting there laughing like idiots at this one line in the movie and just the fact that like the robot Baymax just has so much personality. And yeah, we really enjoyed it. It's good on lots of different levels. The kids enjoyed it because essentially it's a superhero movie, not a robot movie, yep. but he's a superhero who's a robot. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say without spoiling it. And I don't really want to spoil it because I will it's get worth it. seeing. Mm. But yeah, I really loved it. And in typical Disney fashion, there was a little short on the start of it, which was a little five, 10 minute movie called Feast which is about a man who finds a stray dog as a puppy and becomes friends with this dog and brings it into his life. And it's the story of this man's life looked at through the dog's eyes while he's eating things. And it starts off that, you know, this dude's a single guy and he's feeding the dog. And then you kind of see, kind of Muppet Baby style, you see only the ankles and lower legs of the people in the in the thing and he he kind of falls in love with his girl and they go from eating junk food to eating salad and the dog gets all upset and then one day the girl has an argument and leaves and the dog gets all upset and runs down the street and brings her back and the dude and the girl get married and it was just a fun little short and it kind of had that sort of traditional hand-drawn animation sort of feel of it a lot of those shorts one they're telling different stories yeah you don't have to risk a two-hour movie and a lot of money. You're sort of like, let's tell this strange, quirky story. And it's also a chance to pioneer animation styles. Yeah. So it's like, oh, let's try this. So again, it's not a risk to try and do a two-hour movie and go, oh, that didn't work. No one liked it. But you can do a risk with a five-minute short and say, oh, yeah, how's this going to look? Yeah, I I can see that it would be more cost-effective to try and do a short in a different style than it would be to do a feature. But no, I really enjoyed it. And it's hard to say. I, I, I know I didn't enjoy it more than I enjoyed Big Hero 6, but it definitely complimented Big Hero 6 because just the emotion in it was really good sweet yeah. well speaking of animated films I did see on Blu-ray we didn't get out of the cinemas but we saw How to Train Dragon 2 okay what did and you think all I kept saying was fuck I wish I saw this on the big screen <laughs> fuck I wish I saw this on the big screen in 3D damn it <laughs> is it playing anywhere can we go see it on a big screen somewhere please I like the the movement and the speed of it I just didn't like the changes that they made to the animation style and, I never noticed, to be honest. And I didn't like just the the way they changed like Hiccup's relationship with the dragon and his dad and all that sort of stuff. I I just thought there was too many changes too soon. Mm. But I don't know. I I Are didn't. Grown up a bit. They have, and I didn't like the fact that they looked different because they were grown up. But I can understand why they did it. Anyway, we we talked about that in another yeah. episode, and yeah, I've, I've given my opinion of that, so I won't go back into it. But anyway, that that was current movies. What we like to do in our January episode the last few years we've been doing the podcast it's is... about the Frank Sinatra film Great Expectations. That's correct, yeah. yes. <laughs> so we are going to look at some of the movies that are coming out in 2015 and just some of the stuff that we're a bit keen for. I had probably two or three movies that I put on my list and you've cut and pasted from IMDb. I did not cut and paste. I put that list together. <laughs> okay. I, I cut and pasted to the list. All I didn't right. cut a list. I, I made a list yes. using cut and paste. Well, I had a handful of movies that I thought would get mentioned and you've given us a chronological and the date they're getting released type. These are the movies. So maybe we should go off your list and I'll just throw in the ones that I had because I don't think there was There's many that I had that you didn't. Mm. But I mean, I just sort of like just did the chronicle. I went through and some of them I didn't know existed till today. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that, what's that about? Oh, okay, let's check it out. So I may not go through everything on this list, but I will talk. So 
February 6th, we have Jupiter Ascending, which is the Wachowskis' new film with Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis, yeah. And, I mean, it's Wachowskis. I'm I'm on board. I'm, I'm The fact that they can make the movies they want to make, whether they're successful or not, is a fact that they're at least trying to do something. So yeah. that's what I, I'm... It's going to be a visual feast. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for this, I think, sort of mid-year last year when I went and saw Divergent. Mm-hmm. And it looked all right, and I thought, yeah, I think I would enjoy that. So, I mean, I just don't know. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's going to be groundbreaking like The Matrix was, but I don't know if they've still got that in them, but yep. bring it on. I'm, I'm up for the challenge. I put down Hot Tub Time Machine 2 only because the first one was so much better than it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I will check it out. Probably not at the cinemas, but it's coming. What I enjoyed about Hot Tub Time Machine, it was it was a John Cusack film where John Cusack wasn't the star. Mm. And yeah, it, it had all the feel of Better Off Dead or... One know, Crazy Summer or something like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. all, all that sort of 80s film without having to be all about John Cusack. So, yeah. Um, I'm keen to see that. Yep, there's a movie called Outcast with Nicolas Cage and Hayden Christensen, so you know the acting's up to top. All right, so which one's going to play Andre 2000? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Uh, March 6th, we have Chappie, which is Neil Blomkamp's new film, which is the guy who did District 9. Okay. And it's got um, Hugh Jackman in it. I noticed you didn't say the guy that did Elysium, because that was shit. Um, And it's, it's about a robot, so it's just... People are saying it's a bit like Short Circuit or looking at it, so... Okay. So there's a racist Southern Indian character? That's... Yes. Yes. <laughs> March 13, we have Cinderella, which is the Disney live-action Cinderella, which I only just put it in because it is going to be a big film, whether it's going to be good or not, I don't know. We're probably not Disney. the target audience for that, I don't think. Probably not. There's another movie coming out that day called Run All Night, which is Liam Neeson, who's... <laughs> Let me someone's done him wrong, <laughs> and he's got to fucking hunt them down and kill them. So, yeah, it's, it's another taken again, well, there you go. We'll non-stop take- or whatever it is. <laughs> taken 3 is actually on in the cinema at the moment isn't it yeah so it's literally it is one of those movies it's Liam Neeson fucked over by someone he has to get them back April 3rd day off for Furious 7 yes definitely which we donated to go into more April 17 I put down Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 that was a joke okay Uh, I still haven't seen the first one no neither have I but May 1st another day off Avengers Age of Ultron And, and in typical Marvel fashion they're putting the big comic movie out just before free comic book day I'm sure there's going to be lots of tie-ins. I saw the trailer for Age of Ultron for the first time on YouTube fairly recently, and it gave me goosebumps. It's it's it looks dark, yeah. And that's what I, I was thinking about just today. It's like the first Marvel films; they had a sense of humor and there was a lightness to it, and it was fun. Avengers was fun, yeah, but it was had some dark elements. Don't get me wrong, but it was fun. Captain America: Winter Soldier was a pretty dark film. Iron Man three was a very dark film, yeah. Thor 2 was the Dark World and it was again they were all a bit not as fun as the originals they weren't as happy it was a bit darker and a bit you know they weren't as joyful and it was getting so I reckon Age Avengers is going to be pretty damn heavy I think so I think we're yeah the humour's sort of going and it's like yeah this is heavy shit it's and- funny though because I hadn't really gone back to the first Avengers film and watching a lot of the trailers and stuff for the new Avengers films made me want to go back to it and I've been going back and watching the trailers for the first one and just sort of seeing it and what I noticed is on your telly at home, the Hulk character comes across as very CG. Like when you saw it on the big screen, it felt big. Yeah. He felt very much like a real character, but then watching it on telly at home, I don't think it translates quite as well. And I'm worried that going back to see Age of Ultron now, that will be stuck in my head when I watch it. Nah, if it's written well enough, you won't notice. Yeah, hopefully. And if you're in the cinemas, you'll be in the moment. And I, I think the other problem is the fact that when he's being Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. is such a good actor, and you know that you know yep. that's him. But yet, the Hulk itself is 
in there. Quite up there. Mm. Yeah, anyway. So Hopefully I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Would I say it's my most anticipated of the year? Close. And down in December, there's another movie that's pretty hype too, that's pretty damn cool, but I'm yep. excited. But this one may not be everyone's pick for the year, but one of mine. May 15 is Mad Max Fury Road. Now, I adore the original Mad Max movie. Yep. A lot of people love Mad Max 2 or The Road Warrior, depending where you are in the world. Yep. And it is a groundbreaking film. But for, for sure. me, Mad Max 1, I love that movie. Yeah, I recently- Flaws and all. I recently found out there was like a, a an American dub with of the Road like, Warrior, yeah, yep. of like different people in it, and yeah, because the Australian accent was too hard to understand. Yeah, is that Bruce Spence is the the helicopter guy in Mamex Three? In Mamex, oh, is that three? I thought mm. that was two. No, he's in both, but he's okay. playing different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Fury Road. If you've seen the trailer of that, it looks amazing. Visually, it looks amazing. And who's playing Mad Max? Tom Hardy, who's in fucking everything, yes. everything. Um, I still haven't seen Bronson, but everyone says that's the Tom but Hardy I was movie looking through the movies for the, this year, and Tom Hardy's in every second movie. Okay. Uh, except Suicide Squad. He's just walked from that. But anyway. Okay. Uh, well, also in May 15, because well, all of the big movies are coming out in May, by the looks of it. Yes. Things. Something that we're probably more excited than we should be. Yes. And that's Pitch Perfect 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, can they strike lightning in a bottle? I, I think they can, because it was unexpected Pitch Perfect. It kind of poked fun at the whole like Glee-type phenomenon, but it did it in such a way that it was enjoyable. I mean, it worked only because... I mean, all the elements independently don't work. No. But it somehow does. Like, it's like, how does that work with that work with that? I showed to a friend the other day, and she goes, is he an asshole? There's got to be a dark side to him. It's like, no. It's like, I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> and, yeah, she didn't... She laughed at bits, again, like the sum of its all parts versus yeah. the whole where she did not like it at all. But. Well, initially when I watched it, I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. But it's one of those things where I'll be flicking through movies thinking, what do I feel like watching tonight? And I get stuck on it, mm-hmm. and I end up watching the I, whole thing. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I... Yeah, I could be watching something I've never seen before, but yeah, I'm watching Pitch Perfect again. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully Pitch Perfect 2 will be more of the same. The trailer makes it out pretty good, Mm. and they've got enough Rebel Wilson in the trailer to realise that she is going to be the star of the movie. I hope they don't go too far with her. I hope they just keep her as the The same amount of you could do too much. Yeah. But anyway, I, I am quite keen to see that. Yes, so I, goes, I think that will be a cinema outing. <laughs> <laughs> so May 22, a week later, we have Tomorrowland, which is a Disney live-action movie with George Clooney. Uh, it's a science fiction. It's directed by I can't remember, Brad Bird, I think, but it could be Lasseter, one of the Pixar okay. directors. So it's a futuristic science fiction based on the Disney ride. So it's like, yeah, okay. it, it'll be big. May 29 is San Andreas, which is which The is Rock's the rock. Earthquake movie. Is it Earthquake or Forest Fires? Earthquake. He's, okay. he's a forest fire fighter. Okay. But it's the San Andreas fault. Ah. It's a big fuck-off earthquake. Um, and what's the deal? It's the rocks are separated farther like he is in every movie and he has Probably. to get back to his daughter or something like that? I hope not because it's in every fucking movie. Yeah. Um, he's a little bit typecast, the rock. Is a big fuck-off killer machine. Yeah. Uh, on the same day, San Andreas, we have monster trucks. I know nothing about this. I just want to watch it because it's a live-action slash CG monster truck movie. It's like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I've been watching a bit of the Monster Truck show lately (laughs) because I did buy a Superman Monster Truck because my friend's son was really into the Monster Trucks and he had them all and I said oh is there Superman one jokingly and he goes yeah it's like what so next thing you know I'm at the toy shop buying a $20 Hot Wheels (laughs) um, Monster Truck and then there's a little version it's like oh I bought that too and then I found that there's a medium sized version but you've got to buy it in a four pack so I now have four Monster Trucks and I only want one but yeah okay Monster Trucks it is yeah June the 1st, we have Yoga Hoses, which is Kevin Smith's film starring his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. So, oh, okay. Is that the one where they're like clerks or something? Yep, only from much. a female perspective? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So I'll be checking that out. There's Boo, the Bureau of Otherworldly Operations, which is a computer-generated mini Blackie sort of thing with Big Star cast, so probably DreamWorks. I'm not really sure. That might have been something I saw the ad for when I went and saw Big Hero 6, because I remember there was a little movie about an alien there. Oh, that's Boo. That's Home. Oh, no, that was O. O. Or something. Home. Yes. It's with um, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and that didn't look that good. Mm. Anyway. That's DreamWorks. On that same day, we have the Entourage movie, which I did watch all the Entourage TV series. Do I care enough to see a movie? Do I care enough to go to the movies to see it? I don't know. I am intrigued to see what they do as far as film-wise go, but yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, for me, I kind of think that, have they left it too late? Well, since Sex and the City worked, but that was a different phenomenon altogether, and I think they're trying to do that. But I don't think Entourage was anywhere near as big as Sex and the City was. And no one bought into Entourage the same way that they bought into Sex and the City. So it'll make us money because I don't think it'll be that expensive to make. But I don't know Hmm. why they've done it. But yeah, um, I'm intrigued. June, July 10, we have Minions, which is the Despicable Me spinoff. Yeah, it's almost a bit of a prequel, I think, to Despicable Me. Yeah. Talking about the the Minions origin story. I have no idea. I just know they're cashing in. It's like the Penguins of Madagascar movie that they're just basically... I'm sure my kids will want to see this. So Mm. yeah, I'm I'm keen to see it because... Despicable Me were better than they should have been. I think Despicable Me 1 was better than Despicable Me 2. And, I don't know, the, the Minions movie could be good. Yep. June 12th, we have Jurassic World, which, going on the trailer, I'm intrigued without... Sort of, I'm, I'm excited enough, but it's sort of like, yeah, let's see how we go. And it's, it's Chris Pratt, and he seems to not be able to do anything wrong at the moment. Lego Movie and Guardians of the Galaxy, so hopefully yep. it will be more of the same from him. Hopefully it's just a fun film. Now, this is a big, interesting one for the year, so Avengers Age of Ultron is the end of Wave 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or is, I think this is the end of Wave 2, actually, and it's Ant-Man, and you know how I was saying that it was getting darker? Like, the Marvel films were just felt like they were getting darker. This might be the, okay, let's have some fun, because Guardians was fun. Yeah. So the Ant-Man might be that, oh, no, we can laugh a bit again. Now, I, I don't know a lot about the whole Ant-Man story, but I am intrigued of this purely for the cast. Well, you just saw Paul Rudd. Well, exactly. It's Paul Rudd. Michael Douglas is still mm-hmm. on board. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I've got a thing for Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. and I think he would be very good in a role where he can show it off, really. Oh, I don't think he did that to Marvel film. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. <laughs> It's just something that you wouldn't expect him to do because you know he's he's more your friendly big brother or yeah. you know, happy sidekick rather than being big action star superhero. Yeah, so that or, could or be little action star superhero as Ant Man can be. Yes. Anyway. Pixels is a computer it's humans versus computer generated characters from the eighties. Okay. That's all I know about it. I just saw it there. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I want to see that. Then we've got Selfless, which is a. I forget a lot of them now, but it's directed by Tarsum, who did The Fall. So visually, it's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, it's, it could be a piece of shit, but visually, I mean, because I loved uh, what was it? Immortals. You didn't like it, but I liked it. After that, we have the Fantastic Four film, which no one asked for. And this is a complete reboot, isn't it? Total reboot. Yeah, so it's The not- Black Johnny Storm, so imagine the internet breaking in half. I don't think it will quite be as big as the other black casting that caused a lot of problem that we're going to mention when we get to the end of this list. Mm. But, okay, yeah, Pixel, know. sorry. So it's a Christopher Columbus film, and its video game experts are recruited by the military to fight 1980s era, era video game characters who've attacked New York. Adam Sandler's in it, unfortunately. I didn't realise that. But it has got Peter Dinklage. I might And be. Sean Bean, so we're probably going to die. Probably. Kevin James is in it. Oh, I shouldn't no, stop reading. Take it off the list. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a giant Pac-Man eating the San Francisco Bridge. See? Think. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, is conceptually... That the, is that the movie poster? Yeah. People will go and see it just for that. Oh, and if it's not Sold. in the movie, I'm not going to be happy. Bastards. Yeah. yeah, anyway, sorry. Next, August 14, we have The Man from Uncle, which is... 
a remake of the TV show starring uh, Henry Cavill, Superman, hmm. directed by Guy Ritchie. So I'm intrigued. Interesting. Mm. There's August 28th. We have Crouching, T- Crouching Dragon, Hidden Tiger 2. Isn't it Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Anyway. Uh, it is, yes. This is a sequel. I didn't know that was coming, but I love that first one. Haven't watched it for ages, but I did like it. So Again, I'm intrigued. Are they waiting too long between sequels? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Victor Frankenstein's another movie on... Oh, October 2, which has got a Max Landis script. Now, Max Landis wrote Chronicle, and I'm intrigued. I like the way he thinks. I don't know if I actually like him as a person, but I'm intrigued. October 9, we have the vacation, not reboot, continuation. Well, We're, isn't it um, Rusty's now grown up? Rusty is the, the centre now. It's apparently Chevy Chase is in the car, so you probably get a cameo. Okay. Yeah, so I love the vacation films. The real ones, the canon ones, not the offshoots. Not the, the Christmas one? Christmas one's all right, but not the offshoots without Chevy. Oh, okay. All the Chevy ones, yeah. October 16th, we have Crimson Peak, which is a Del Toro horror film. So who knows with Del Toro? See, yeah, I kind of lost a little bit of my respect for him after Pacific Rim. Mm. Like, I really didn't like Well, horror is more his element. So I, I think, think so. Uh, but you didn't like Hellboy 2 or 1, for that matter. Oh, I love that one bit. One bit in <laughs> <laughs> Hellboy where he flicks that stone at that guy. <laughs> Um, yes. October 23, I'm kind of excited about this. The Jim and the Holograms movie. It's a low-budgeter, so but who knows? It could be interesting. There was a lot of rumours about this before it actually got officially announced, and it was one of those things where every time there was a rumour, everyone was like, oh, they're not going to do that. But then deep inside, I'm sure everyone actually wanted to see a Jim and the Holograms movie. And I know it's a low-budgeter, so yeah, it is. Who knows? Done right. I mean, Josh yeah. and the Pussycat's a great film. <laughs> it's exactly it's, what I was thinking. Yeah. So, so if they yeah. can... I mean, if they do it as crazy as the cartoon, where they've got holograms, literally, where the, she's two different characters, Hannah Montana style, yeah. I hope they go that far. Like, well, maybe they push the absurd. If you try and make it just a real rock and roll movie, it's fucked. No one yeah. cares. It's satisfaction exactly. with Justine Bateman. Yes, terrible. And Liam Neeson. Really? You've taken my girls. I don't remember that. Yeah, he was the manager. Oh, okay. November 6th. Next, we have Spectre, the next instalment in the aging James Bond f- franchise. Oh, okay. Which is directed by Mendes again, so he's sort of the go-to person for James Bond at the moment. And is that the one that Batista's going to be? Yeah. Okay. Christoph Voss is going to be Blofeld, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be in it. The rumours are it's Blofeld. Yeah. Speaking of Inglorious Bastards, uh, The Hateful Eight comes out on November 13, which is Tarantino's new film. November 25, we have The Good Dinosaur, which is Pixar's next outing, which I, I'm starting to not care. Yeah. But it's a Pixar film, so you but know that there's going to be a quality there. It'll be it's... a cutesy mm-hmm. toy tie-in to come up for Christmas. And on the same day, we have The Martian, which is a Ridley Scott science fiction film, which normally would garner excitement from me, but after Prometheus, I'm sort of going in with hesitations. All right. Well, before you jump into the December 18 release you've got mm-hmm. on here, I will just mention a couple of things that I put down that you didn't put in your list that yep. I'm kind of excited for. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly the date, so I won't be as specific as you, but they are doing a Point Break remake, mm-hmm. or a, a yeah, complete remake, and I'm kind of excited for that, just to see what they would Johnny do. Utah. Yeah, like Point Break... I'm surprised we didn't actually pick... I have to get Jake Busey in to do Gary Busey's How good would that be? (laughs) But I'm surprised we didn't actually pick Point Break when we did our 80s movies that were... 80s or 90s, but... Uh, It's in that weird 80s, 90s period. It's a crossover. And it has that such a a 90s feel, though, the fact that, you know, the guy from the Chili Peppers is in it and Tom Sizemore looks like a a grungy sort of alternative dude and he's undercover. But I, I love Point Break. I think it's a great film. And I just hope they do well with the the reboot. Something else that I'm actually pretty keen on 
is the Ice Cube directed, produced, lived. Are we there yet? Four? No, oh. straight out of Compton, which is the biopic about the the band N.W.A. and basically how they met each other in high school and how they went from being you know, young thugs on the street to being one of the pioneers of gangster rap. And the fact that Ice Cube's son is actually playing the Ice Cube character and looks exactly like Ice Cube did when he was that age, kind of makes me excited for it as well I I'm, I was a big fan of NWA as you know my urban youth <laughs> <And> <laughs> yes. I, I got I got into that whole gangster rap and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it I, I think it will be something good that's why anyway, you play a big black man exactly but you may want to mention the last thing on the list before we jump into the big one now we've got Mission Impossible 5 there as the December 25th release now for me they're good movies the second one is is a mess but yep. it was filmed in Australia, which gives it points, and there's some really nice John Woo action set pieces, but the plot is a mess. Mission Impossible 3 is great. It's J.J. Abrams, and it's tight plotting, good acting. Philip Seymour Hoffman is a fucking kick-ass bad guy. And 3 is really good. And 4, directed by Brad Bird, who did The Incredibles and The Iron Giant, yep. can direct. You know, we're talking animation directors taking onto an action movie. Works really well. And Tom Cruise, has got as a person, forget it, as an actor, he's got chops. Yeah. And Mission Impossible films are always good fun. So I'll give it that and I'll get to it. Whether I'll go to the movies to get it, probably not. But it's there. In the Heart of the Sea comes out on December 11th just quickly. But that's a Ron Howard film with... Oh, is that the Moby Dick movie? It's not Moby Dick, but similar. It's about a whale chasing... Or is it Moby Dick? But they, they don't say Moby Dick. Yeah, I thought say... it was the Moby Dick prequel or something. Well, <laughs> it might be, but it's, it's about a whale that's hunting a whaling ship. Oh, okay. It's, and it's that's attacking... Chris Hemsworth, is Yes. It? Yeah. yeah so I that's was... what made it interesting. I was impressed when I saw that. Mm. The um like the the premise of that and some of the the stills and stuff. So yeah, yeah. So that that's probably more interesting to me than Mission Impossible, which I'll get to eventually. But that yes. that one and Ron Howard can direct a film. I'll All right. Now, Elephant in the Room. We didn't jump on board when the trailer came out, like nearly every other nerdy geeky podcast did, because we were too busy talking about Christmas. But <laughs> probably the biggest nerd movie for a long time will be Star Wars Seven. Peanuts. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot to mention Peanuts. <laughs> Looks good in the trailer. Anyway, but Star Wars The Force Awakens created such a furor in the internet when they showed the first little teaser trailer and there was a black stormtrooper. Mm -hmm. I I think that's been covered well enough on many other podcasts before us digging that back up again, especially your other podcast geek dudes, Chris's (laughs) opinion of it. But yeah, I I don't know. It was one of those things that when the ad came out, it didn't really show a lot, but it showed enough. And it still had that John Williams kicker, mm-hmm. this is a Star Wars film, we're back sort of thing. Yep. Like there was a bit of lens flare there, so you could tell it had some JJ influence. Yep. Well, obviously, he's writing the bloody thing, directing it. It did enough for me. Like, it, it made me go, yep, I'm on board. Because I was trying to think back when the Phantom Menace trailer came out. Was I excited? Like, when I saw it, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's got a bunch of pretty things in it. But I don't remember being excited. It's like, oh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. That's Oh, that's, that's a big grandiose. And then it made me realise Star Wars, the first trilogy, was not about Lord of the Rings style battles. No. It was a small picture, particularly yeah, episode it, four. it was a very personal... It's a small picture with yeah. a bunch of talking heads and that, and then there's a space battle and that. But it's not big-ass battles with Gungans fighting waves and waves of robots you know yeah. there wasn't there wasn't even waves and waves of stormtroopers the closest you got was the hoff battle yeah exactly but again that was so well filmed yeah it wasn't huge it was huge but it was look at this look at this one thing you're not looking at anything else you're looking at a at at walker and then you're looking at the next bit you're looking at the next bit you're not there's all this stuff on screen look at it look at it and that, and that's not star wars and i remember and i don't remember being super i was excited about the prequels because it was new star wars but i didn't have that same i don't remember having the same feeling that i had from watching this teaser 
Yeah. Where it was sort of like, oh, yeah, this is Star Wars again. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way about Phantom Menace, that when it came out, I, I think I was in that stage where, as a kid and as a, a young adult, collecting the toys, just reenacting Star Wars in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like, I was all about Star Wars, but by the time Phantom Menace came out, I was just that little bit older and I was kind of a bit too, school, uh, too cool for mm. school for Star Wars. So... Phantom Menace came out and I didn't fall into the fanfare. I just sort of went, well, I like Star Wars. Maybe I'll go and see it. And I can remember being disappointed in the cinema, but not to the point where I was outraged. I was just kind of, yeah, it was was all right Mm. sort of thing. But yeah, again, watching this trailer for Force Awakens, I think it's given me that love of Star Wars again. I don't know if we're allowed to be geeks now, but I think Phantom Menace, when it came out, it sort of, everyone sort of got that, oh no, you can be a geek. It's fine. Yeah. Star Wars is cool. You're allowed to like it. It's not embarrassing. But now, geek is such cred now. It doesn't matter. But it did enough. It, it gave you this, what, 88, 88 seconds or whatever it is? Yeah. And you go, all right, it was Black Stormtrooper. It was jarring. And I think it was d- done on purpose. The first thing you see is a sand dune, and then up pops a dude. He's a stormtrooper, and he's a black guy. And he, and yeah. you, you sort of do the same when you first see him as well. It, whether it was a white guy or a black guy, you'd still be, huh, what? What's he doing? Why hasn't he got his helmet on? Yeah. yeah. Is it like, what? what? Okay. I mean, because yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's going it, It's just such a shock. It's yeah, exactly. not. And it's like, all right, that's what... And then you cut to just all the, the rolling droid, yeah. which is a practical effect. Practical effect, yeah. Um, and then all this sort of stuff going, I don't know what I'm watching here. I, I don't care. It's, it's, it feels like Star Wars. And then, bang, X-Wings, Millennium, Millennium Falcon. Falcon were fucking... Yeah. I mean, yeah. then you got that dude with his lightsaber that foom, foom, and you're like, fucking... Yeah, it, uh, it was... It was what you've expected only new. Like, mm. you wanted to see a lightsaber in a Star Wars commercial, but you didn't want to see... A, you know a Star Wars lightsaber with a hilt sort of thing yeah. and you know it was yeah just that little and you saw the Falcon time. again doing a flip oh and then you saw X-Wings which I've seen before but on the o- on the water yeah. kicking up spray yeah. it's like oh that's fucking cool yeah. and it's just like alright I'm I'm in and I'm happy not to see anything else till December exactly. I, I know I'm going to get bombarded with more teasers and more trailers but it's like I'm, I will buy my ticket you do not need to show me anything else I just want to walk in and be excited yeah it's funny because I remember as a kid like, looking back now, I don't remember much hype for Empire Strikes Back. Like, I remember loving Star Wars, but I can't remember, like, seeing a trailer for Empire Strikes Back. I, can I don't just remember, remember a trailer. I knew I it was can, coming. Yeah, I, I knew just remember someone say, it's coming toys. up, and we'll go and see it. I knew, because we probably got the toys well before we, we got probably the did. movie. And I think that's what actually upset me with Return of the Jedi, is I had some of the toys, and I had, like, a couple of colouring books and stuff, and there was... Like, spoilers, spoilers, like exactly. pits and yeah. you know, and I and a genius thing they did because they brought out the teaser and everyone went nuts. What's this about? And the speculation, the discussion, that everything was huge, and then they actually released online like swap cards, yeah. trading cards with scenes from the trailer with names down the bottom and little sayings, and they were a bit cryptic. Sort of like it was the name of the robot, like what rolling or yeah. what's the name on her speeder and this and that, and it didn't tell you anything. All it would told you was their name, their name, yeah, exactly. And it was sort of like, and I vaguely remember that was. Return the Jedi. I probably had the cards before the movie, before I saw the movie. So you had these cryptic images, yep. and then when you finally saw the movie, you saw it move. But I was, and I, I think the scholastic, you know, at school where you used yep. to get the book club and everything, yeah. I had the picture book of Jedi. I think I've, actually I can reach it from here. <laughs> so I, I think I read the book. Well, I probably didn't read the book. I probably flicked I probably through flicked it. Through it yeah. um, so I knew the plot of Jedi, I think, before I even saw the movie anyway. Okay. 
but so for that, I was spoiled. Speaking of trading cards, I was talking to my kids after they watched Empire about those like bubblegum cards you used to mm. get and the Guess Who's Coming to Dinner card with the Darth Vader in the, in the Cloud City. That was always but, my favourite card. the fact that it said Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, it yeah, was exactly. it's cryptic. Without seeing the movie, it's like, what? Yeah. what is this? And is, they is, is he a context. black man? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes. So for me, they're doing everything right. Like, as Phantom Menace was George doing what he wanted to do, and that's fine. I'm not, I, can't tell you, I can't tell him he's wrong. Yeah. But I'm just... And... Steel Saunders, who has a podcast called Steel Wars, which is just his love for Star Wars, he's talking about it and he's saying, George has never paid money to see a Star Wars film. Oh, really? Well, he, he doesn't made, need to, yeah. Yeah, so he's not one of us. So we've got a different sort of ownership than he does. Yeah. We've gone and invested time and money. Looking in this room, there is Star Wars merch yeah. that I've bought. So it's like, I have given money to George over the years. Yep. So it was like, I've invested. He's never had to do that. It's True. his. Yep. So when it came to The Phantom Menace, it's like, yeah, well, this is the movie I want to make. It's like, well, that, that's great. But that's because you've matured as a director or immatured, if you, depending on how you look at it. But it's a very different take where JJ, hopefully the fanboy in him is the guy who remembers that feeling when he was young and he saw Star Wars on the big screen for the first time. George so. has never had that feeling. Yeah. So... Hopefully, JJ can go, that's that guttural feeling is what I'm going to bring to the screen because Phantom Menace didn't do it. The only thing I'm kind of worried about is the fact that this teaser came out so early compared to when the movie's coming. There's probably going to be a lot of changes in between. And it's kind of come and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what they will do is, May the 4th, is they will probably do another some big teaser sort of or teaser there. I'm some hoping, sort. but anyway. But yeah, I, I don't think you can get much bigger anticipation for any movie this year than you will for Star Wars. I mean, that was a great teaser, but I must say, cleverest teaser this year, I've got to give to Ant-Man. Because Marvel released the teaser saying, we're going to release it on this day. Yep. But the day before, they released it as a tiny little video oh, clip. Oh, okay. So, ant-sized video clip. We're talking a centimetre wide. Very clever. It is. So, for a day, that was the teaser trailer that you could see, and the teaser next day, the they teaser. did the proper one. But it was like, Ant-Man, and they did a little video. Genius. I love the internet and marketing. Good idea. All right, we've gone a little bit long, but we'll have a, a, a brief mention of a couple of TV things that are coming this year that we're interested in. Yeah. More so yourself rather than me, because I didn't know what these were. Uh, well, we've talked about Netflix before with yep. their original series that, that continuing on and expanding on the Marvel D- Cinematic Universe. We have, eventually we'll have the Defenders TV show, but it starts off with the Daredevil series, which I think eight or 12 episodes, and again, it'll be released. Yeah. And then there's going to be a Luke Cage Power Man movie. Then there's going or TV series. That's going to be the both of those are going to come out this year. I think Daredevil starting in March. I think as soon as that. Okay. Next year, I think it is. We have the Jess, AKA Jessica Jones, which is another Marvel series, and a Power Fist movie. And then it's all going to culminate with all that culminate with all those characters in a Defender series at the end of it. So nice. It's a long game, and again, Marvel's playing. This is what we're going to do. So I'm intrigued. It's Netflix. It's a new avenue to get things out, so bring it on. Let's see what it is. Sounds good. And something I didn't give a shit about until today, or until the other day, when there's another... With DC at the moment, they've got The Flash, they've got um, Arrow, they've got Constantine, as and Gotham. as four, four TV shows based on their commodities out there at the moment. Yep. And the other one they were talking about, which I didn't ever cared about, was iZombie, which is not based in the Marvel DC Universe, but it's based on a Vertigo title of theirs. Okay. And it's a, set in a weird zombie, like there's zombies in the world. Yeah. Not, not Walking Dead. In line dead. with a Buffy. It's not like yep. a Walking Dead. It's sort of more quirky in that. And I really didn't care. It's sort of like, well, I'm watching so many TV shows, I can't watch everything, so I'm willing to let that one go to the Keeper. Until this week, 
when I looked up Rob Thomas from Not Xbox from Matchbox 20, 20. Um, from Veronica Mars, and he is the showrunner on iZombie, and the fact that Veronica Mars is so good, I am definitely willing to I give mm. iZombie a go. Alrighty. That's a big one. There you go. Anything else? No. That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And obviously the, the dates we're looking there are probably the US release dates for most of those movies. Change. So they're, being here in Australia, we'll probably get them all over the place months after, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks before, who knows. But th- there is, I think, enough to keep us intrigued this year. Yeah. Uh, the big question is how many of them are you actually going to be able to go and see at the cinema? Mm-hmm. And how many of them will intrigue you enough to make you go out and go and see them in the cinema? Well, I'm excited. I'm going to Kingsman tomorrow to a press screening. So that will be interesting. That, that does look good. It mm-hmm. looks like a bit of fun, kiddie James Bond almost. Yeah, I don't, well, it's Mark Miller, so I don't think it'll be kiddie. But no, that's how. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Anyway, all right, that's what we're looking forward to. If you yourself out there have any ideas of movies that you probably think we should be interested in that we weren't, drop us a line on our Facebook page. We are we are facebook.com slash the massive attack podcast. Uh, drop us a comment, tell us what you think. Or if you have any journal information you want to pass on to us, yeah, jump on the Facebook list. And hopefully your news resolution was more feedback to the geek dude. Yeah. No, not geek dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the geek dudes. Uh, more feedback to massive attack. So that'd be yes. nice. Yeah, we want to know you're out there. It makes us feel uh, that the effort's worthwhile. But anyway, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in February. Thank you, Mitch. No worries. Thank you. Uh, uh. I gotta go, gotta go before I do something stupid. I gotta go, I gotta go, gotta go before I do something lame.